Okay, we'll now convene into the Minturn Town Council meeting for October 4th, 2023. Roll call, please. Uh, Lynn here. Kate's here. Dusty here. Brian here. Tom here. Terry here. And Earl is here. And if we could please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, next item on the agenda is approval for the consent agenda. Um, I will recuse from the consent agenda as my okay. brother is on there. Uh, I believe we have a couple of questions from Gusty on item two. Yeah, on item two, I just wanted some clarifications on what we're approving tonight on the consent agenda and then what is going to be brought back to us for approval. Okay. Mainly around the water line. Why don't we uh, put that under discussion items 12A since we don't have any. It's actually something that requires approval. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, motion, to, uh, raise, hands raised for people will accept that to be pulled. Do we have a raise? Move to discussion. No, it would need to be moved under business items okay. as it requires a, an approval or denial of the item. Ah, okay. Thank you. Sorry. You're always interrupting me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so that'll be 11ED. Okay. Um, okay, any further changes to the consent agenda? Okay, I can vote for it. We'll take a motion to, a motion to approve it. Okay. Then I'll make a motion to approve the consent agenda. Okay. I'll second it. Motion by Terry, second by Gusty. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Excuse me, if I could, I thought Terry had recused herself. I, did, I recused myself from item um, B of the consent agenda. Um, has now been pulled out of the consent agenda, so. Okay, I apologize, thank you. No worries, Jay. All right, next is approval of the regular agenda. Do we have any amendments or deletions? None other than the item of the addition of 11D. Okay. Do we have a motion? Make a new motion to approve the regular agenda with the addition of item 11D. I'll second that. Motion by Kate, second by, I'm sorry, who was Lynn. Uh, Lynn. Lynn. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? And we've got one declared conflict of interest. Is there any more for any items on the agenda? Hearing none, I will go to public comment. And this is the section of the agenda where citizens can address the board on any concern or item that is not on the agenda. Uh, Y'all were on it. Um, keep, uh, Jay, you got anybody up there on Zoom land? No, we do not. There's no one online. Okay, moving on. Council comments. Lynn, do you have anything? Um, well, <clears throat> yes, we're, the market committee is working really hard on the market, mm -hmm. um, but um, we uh, lost about $20,000 this year on it. And um, 
we're trying to figure out, um, uh, the committee is trying to figure out a way to keep the market going um, without the loss. Um, it had reserves for that and still has some uh, limited reserves, but um, <clears throat> a lot of the activities were very expensive, the children's activities. Uh, yeah, because I thought they, they were pretty well attended, but uh, yeah, so the expenses went up. I think pe people enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, thank you, Lynn. Okay. No. Okay, I don't have anything. No. no. Um, couple things. Uh, Minturn Community Fund hometown throwdown was this past Saturday. It was super well attended. It was the best one yet. Um, thanks to the town of Minturn for sponsoring that event. It was um, amazing. I was thinking that this might be our last year, but I'm thinking I have to figure out how to not make this our last year. I agree. So um, <laughs> just a party for the locals about the locals. Um, nine bands, four stages. It was amazing. Um, and uh, I just wanted to um, mention um, the Halloween party, uh, the annual fundraiser is going to happen in some shape or form. Um, it'll, it'll look a little different, uh, different venue. Uh, the Minturn Saloon is a different venue. So it's going to be at the saloon, but um, new owners, and so it'll have a, their flair on it, um, which we would expect and um, hope for. So um, look for more information on that within the next week. Um, but that will be October 28th. And um, again, I'll volunteer, put on, um, and then uh, a portion of proceeds will go to the community fund. Um, and um, I wanted to just give a shout out to the Midtown Fitness Center. I'm on the board there. Um, if you haven't been in there recently, uh, Tom Priest, the new manager, has put up um, banners of all the kids, really inspiring. Um, on the main wall in there. He's taking down the Kaiser uh, banners. Um, so it looks really good in there. It's our gym. Um, it, it looks really nice and the classes are really well attended and I think he's just doing a bang up job. So thanks to Tom Priest for that. I think it's really a great place to work out. And, and let me um, supplement that by saying that um, I've been using Tom as my trainer and he's fantastic. It's, um, and he will do it even in 30-minute segments, which makes it pretty inexpensive. Yeah. So. He jokes because he has a 9 a.m. class, but really it's like some of us show up at 8.25. So he's like, I have an 8.25, an 8.46, a 9.03. <laughs> so he, he's thank, I was late last time. thank you to him um, for making sure that none of us can walk the day after we visit him. He's so. good at that. Yeah. Um, but good stuff. I'm glad to see so many locals in there. It's a really great gym. They're, he's really working hard at it. So. Right. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, and going back to the throwdown, man, it was like, I was planning, it was really great all over town. I thought, okay, I'm going to hold off in Italy and go to the saloon at the end of it. And I, I did a drive-by, and there were like 25, 30 people outside of the saloon. And it was like the combination of the Vail Daily front page and, and the throwdown, and it was crazy. So I decided to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to... Uh, raise a question for council um, both 
uh, Vail and, and Avon councils have raised their uh, compensation for council members. Um, and uh, and they quoted, it's been this long uh, since we did it. And that's about the same time the last time we did it, it was the late 90s. Um, and so I don't want to throw it out there and then uh, maybe have a quick discussion, not a long one, but uh, just uh, see what y'all think. The way the way this works for, for those that don't know is if we it would go up for a ballot. Okay, so we would discuss how what was whatever if we the council decided they wanted to consider a compensation increase, we would discuss what that would be, and that would end up as a resolution that would end up on the ballot, uh, and only those who go through an election. Uh, process can can get the compensation. So if you're not up for election this this spring, uh, you have to wait for the next time around to get the raise. If you are up for election and they elect you uh, with the raise, then you you get to get it at that point. So that's kind of the mechanics of how that works. Um, so I just wanted to hear anybody's views on that. Yes, Lynn. Um, you know, I know the town is always struggling financially, but our um, sales receipts are up, and um, and everybody I know in the council has been putting in long hours above and beyond the council time, um, <clears throat> and this particularly impacts you, Mayor, um, because of the amount of time you have to put into the position. And there was a survey in the newspaper of, of council um, salaries throughout the county, and we're below the minimum. <laughs> we don't. They forgot about us. They, they range from three hundred dollars a month to three thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Um, and I, um, so, it, it, and it's a pretty small item in the scheme of things. So maybe it is time to bump it up mm -hmm. a little. Yeah, if we actually doubled uh, what we're getting now, that would be uh, an extra seventeen thousand and something uh, on the uh, as far as a, uh, a negative to the budget. Just so hey, you know. That's just to give you an idea of the spectrum. I would say it seems like we struggle to get people to raise their hand to run mm -hmm. and serve the community, so we think that would maybe help get some more people to do it and they could pay for their babysitters or whatever is needed. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. But from a personal thing, I don't, I don't know. I would be in favor of a small increase on it. I don't know about doubling it, but maybe from two to three. And then I think the mayor's like four, maybe to six, something like that, like a third. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would double it. Double it. Terry. Um, yeah, I'd be in favor of, a, of an increase. I think it would be, I'd love to see what it, that the numbers look like for the town. I mean, so maybe have Jay, he can run a quick, but we could, we could know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it will be diving into the budget next at the next meeting. So that would probably be a good time to, to bring that back and, and y'all can see how that budget looks. Yeah, just just so everybody knows, we the the council gets paid um, one hundred dollars for each council meeting, and the mayor gets paid two hundred for each council meeting. Um, but then, 
you know, being on this board isn't just sitting on this council. It's it's meetings. It's committees that we're part of. Um, so the time uh, piece of it is is it can be a lot. Um, I'm not saying that to dissuade anyone from throwing their hat in the ring in January, by all means. <laughs> Throw your hat in the ring. Um, it's not that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I just so people understand what we're looking at, it it can be it can be you know it can be as busy as you want it to be. I've I have found that out. You can take on way too many committees and be really involved, and um, you know, compensation is always helpful. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, for the last 10 years or so, council's been really intense. And uh, as far as, you know, water, developers, all this kind of stuff going on, and uh, never a dull moment. But, um, okay, well, uh, I just wanted to bring that up, and then we can discuss it further in the next meeting when we're looking at the budget. Okay. Okay. All right, next is uh, staff reports. Thank you, sir. Uh, just to clarify one item on the last topic, uh, council wages do not have to go to an election for approval. So really? it is approved by resolution, just so uh, everyone knows. Well, I stand corrected. Um, uh, uh, my manager's packet is in the report. Um, I don't have a lot of additional items to bring up tonight, so if anyone has any questions, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer. Not really a question, but I'll make a comment on that. I did see Malloy Park's article in the paper that they're moving forward. Yes, I'm hoping they'll come talk to the town soon. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw the article, hey. which yeah. I knew it was going to their to their board, but I'm looking forward to more regular communications. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's tough to get your so when do you think you news from the press? I mean, you want to hear it. So when, when we're going to hear back uh, as far as the snow removal plan, when do you think you'll pick that up? So the snow removal plan, I'm hoping, I have to go and re-watch the um, video from the council meeting where we discussed it originally. I don't expect a lot to change from the snow removal plan, except that um, we, we mentioned a few things to kind of formalize in an ordinance. And we are changing how we do our snowplow contractor business licensing. So snowplow contractors were identified as, sorry, snowplow contractors, but they were identified as the big problem. Um, so especially third party out of town snowplow contractors. So we will be requiring a placard for all snowplow contractors that they hang in their rear view mirror, uh, which identifies them as permitted snowplow contractors for the town within the town of Minturn. Um, if someone sees someone snowplowing that doesn't have one of those placards, then we know that they don't have a business license and they're snowplowing. Now, there's some things to figure out. Maybe someone's snowplowing their dad's driveway, as an example. So things like that would not require a, a business license. Um, but that way we can keep better track of who's following the rules and who's not, and we can enforce those rules better. And so property owners will be getting notifications when their snowplow contractors are not following the rules, and, and then steps will occur. So we're putting that into place right now. That'll require us to bring back a, an ordinance to amend the business licensing uh, section of the code, which is chapter six. Uh, and then we will update the snowplow 
removal plan uh, with some of the things that we discussed to give it a little bit more meat. Gotcha. All right, let's see. Anything else from the board for Patty? For Michelle? Thank you. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next, special presentations. We have the Eagle Valley Community Foundation with us tonight. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, I'll pass those down. Thank you. And if you could please state your name and the entity you represent. I'm Caitlin Colby, and I'm with Eagle Valley Community Foundation. Thanks for having me. And we have Jim, our board member, as well. Hi, everyone. Jim Benjamin. I wanted to see Welcome how things Jim. work. Seen you before somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you look a little familiar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm with Eagle Valley Community Foundation, and we just wanted to give an update on what our organization does and what our programs have been doing in our local community, um, especially in the last year. Um, so Eagle Valley Community Foundation, um, if we want to go to the next slide. Can you hear me? Next slide. He's, he's in the... Um, Jay? He's in the big house upstairs. We can go one more. Yay. <laughs> it moved, did it move? Oh, we can okay. go one more, too. Okay. <laughs> one more. Thank you. So EBCF, or Eagle Valley Community Foundations, we really uh, exist to serve our community um, to support wellness, um, healthy food, and other essential needs to basically address our neighbors in need, um, while also prioritizing individual dignity um, and commitment to sustainability and quality. We're an untraditional community foundation, whereas we have direct service programs that work um, with multiple neighborhoods and multiple towns in our local valley um, to build a sense of trust and hope and wellness for all. Um, and so first, our, our co we have three programs. So the first, um, if we want to go to the next, is the community market. Uh, the community market serves to address food insecurity in our local valley. Um, the USDA defines food insecurity as a lack of consistent access to enough food for a short amount of time or a long amount of time. Um, in our valley, we have seen that food insecurity can really be relevant because the seasonality of the work, um, how expensive it is to live in this area, um, and anything like that. If a, an individual has a car accident or a medical bill, that can really just put them at risk to be more food insecure. Um, the community market is addressing um, food insecurity in a multiple number of ways. Um, if we want to go ahead to the next. Uh, mainly, we serve to address food insecurity in our valley through our two storefront markets that are located in Gypsum and in Edwards. Um, individuals are welcome in to shop our storefront markets um, at any time that is convenient for them. We also have mobile markets that can visit neighborhoods, and we also have them at um, kind of more permanent locations such as CMC and Edwards and um, Edwards Early Learning Center, where it's kind of like a smaller pop-up location for individuals to shop for their families or if 
if they're young students or things like that. Um, we have a great base of volunteers um, that also work to serve um, with kind of putting together senior meals and food boxes. That's a weekly thing that we collaborate with with Fort Eagle Senior Care. Um, and a lot of our food at the community market is purchased through Food Bank of the Rockies or a wholesale produce provider like What Chefs Want. Um, but we also have a really robust food rescue program through our local grocers such as Costco, City Market, and local cafes and restaurants like Starbucks, Avon Bakery, things like that. If those places have an item that they may not sell through or may have a packaging ding or the, you know, the date is coming near, they know they're not going to sell it, they'll happily donate to us. We have vans that go and rescue things every day at different locations throughout the valley. Um, and then individuals that come into the community market are welcome to shop those items. So between those two things um, and the food rescue program, the community market has rescued over 570,000 pounds of food from going to waste in our valley. Um, that's one thing that we really try to focus on is turning excess into access. Um, if, an, an, if a food item or something like that is kind of nearing the end of their life after we rescue it, then is then composted at the community market. Um, and if we want to go to the next, um, like I said, um, you know, food nutrition and everything like that is priority for us. We don't only, you know, give people only dry items or things like that. They are able to come in and shop for fresh produce and meat and dairy and protein and things like that whatever suits their family the best. Um, we also work with Eagle County Schools to have a school lunch debt payment so students and parents don't have to worry about kind of filling that gap if they, that's something that they can't reach. Um, we also provide nutrition and food prep and things like that. Um, we provide classes at the community market in partnership with um, CSU Extension to kind of help people learn more about, you know, a seasonal item that maybe they're not familiar with or how to, you know, prep fresh items for their family, sharing fun recipes and things like that to help people in our community not only have access to fresh and nutritious food, but also feel confident and have a good um, understanding of them. Um, and so the next slide can demonstrate kind of what we've been seeing in the last year. Um, according to the USDA, the price of food has risen uh, for home consumption has risen 11.4% risen last year and by the end of 2023 is expected to rise another 8.6%. If that's compared to the last two decades, food for home consumption rises, the price normally rises about 2% every year. So the last two years we've really seen an insane amount of inflation and cost um, increases. So we're just trying to provide our neighbors in need and our local community with a more reasonable and accessible and barrier-free way to access healthy food for their families. And the next couple slides that we have include um, basically just year-to-year -year comparisons, especially between 2022 and 2023 of inflation costs and basically like kind of like a breakdown of what we've seen for specific food items. And if we continue on to the next um, couple slides, the next one, um, this, the red is the 2022 total community market visits that we've seen on a weekly basis in our valley. Um, and the blue includes 
how much it's risen in 2023. Um, there's been a number of factors, not only inflation, but uh, emergency allotments for SNAP, which is uh, like food stamps. Um, those emergency allotments were rolled back in February of 2023. So we've seen a huge increase, not only for inflation, but emergency um, benefits were also rolled back. So we're trying to be agile and keep our ear to the ground to what our uh, community really needs and trying to keep up with the huge demand that we've seen um, and the increase in the past year. And the next slide also demonstrates that so the total number of individuals benefited when an individual comes in, there's no requirement or paperwork needed. It's completely barrier free for us and our own tracking. We ask them um, a couple of super simple questions of what zip code they're from, um, a phone number to use in a unique identifier so we can kind of track shopping habits and see our impact um, throughout different towns and different areas in the valley. Um, but another uh, question that we ask is the total number of people that they're shopping for in their household so we can see the total number of impact. Um, and this graph shows the difference between 2022 and 2033 of the number number of individuals that have benefited in a certain in households throughout the valley um, at the community market. And a couple photos in the next slide you'll see in the next one, you'll see a typical line at our Edwards location. We have volunteers and staff members that help individuals process through the line and process through our market in like a reasonable and happy fashion. So we're very lucky to have them. And in the next slide, um, we can see a total town breakdown throughout the valley of the total number of individuals checked in, unique visits, um, food costs um, for budget, and everything like that spent throughout our visitors throughout all of the towns. So you'll see Gypsum, Edwards, Eagle, Avon, Minturn is um, uh, combined with Redcliffe and other areas to see um, kind of like our breakdown of all the visitors that we get throughout our valley. And if anyone has, I'll pause for any questions before I moved on to another one of our programs. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I'll pause for if any, anyone has any questions before I speak about our next program. Is that um, market location in Edwards going to stay there with the behavioral health yes. um, center? So that, that's permanent for, I mean, for, yeah. Permanent for now? Yeah, yes. But, okay, that's good news. That's a great location for it, I think. Yeah, and it's great because it's near, we try to have make, make our locations um, transportation accessible as well. So they're near bus stops and bus routes. So if an individual doesn't have a car or something like that, they can still easily access it. I'm curious about the school lunch debt payment. Uh, mm -hmm. Do parents pay for pay the school for lunch? Yeah. yeah. Really? So if an individual has like a gap or a family has a gap that needs to be filled, we we aim to work with the school district to kind of bridge that gap. Okay. So that is when, when we fill out forms in the beginning of the year, that will go to the community market that's, that works in conjunction with the school district. They yeah, provide with, those lunches. With partnership for them. Yeah, yeah, if I can get more info and send it to you as well. Um, yeah, I, I can look it up too. I just was, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Hmm. That's great. So our 
Our next program, our next um, program I was going to touch upon is the Mirabus, which we often say is our sister program to the community market. So the Mira stands for Mobile Intercultural Resource Alliance. Um, so the Mirabus is a 40-foot RV that brings health and wellness resources to Eagle County neighborhoods in need. So this is in partnership with the county and with Vail Health. Um, but we're just trying to build a sense of like trust and wellness in our community. Um, the Mirabus travels to different neighborhoods on different days and has a consistent schedule throughout the month. So travels to primarily Sp Spanish-speaking neighborhoods all throughout the Eagle River Valley, and then also we travel to Elgebel once a month. Um, resource connection examples could include anywhere from basic health education and health screenings. We actually have a nurse practitioner on board from Vail Health that can help with those health screenings. Um, application support for programs like Medicaid or WIC or SNAP enrollment or anything like that. We also have someone on board that can help with Medicaid enrollment, which is often a lengthy process. Um, along with just available programs throughout our valley. Um, our staff on board help, really helps with community outreach specialists and um, resource connection to anywhere from work, workforce development, food, food resources, which could be SNAP, SNAP or the community market, uh, early childhood, um, physical activity programming. Um, we offered physicals for students to before they started school to get those out of the way and things like that. Um, but in 2022, Mira was able to connect more than 2,000 residents with important health resources that all supported their mental, physical, and emotional health. And so the next slide is just an example of one organization that we are involved in. The Harvard Medical School has a mobile health map of mobile health resources all throughout the, count of the country. And so Mira's featured on that and just statistics on kind of like the breakdown of the number of people that we uh that we reach, their demographics, their age demographic, eth ethnicity. Um, about 80% of the individuals we see on Mira are uninsured individuals. Um, and as you can see for this dashboard, about 550 emergency room visits were eliminated by the use of this program and over 2,400 visits um, and kind of just like their rating on vision and growth and things like that. Um, and then in the next two slides, we have kind of a breakdown of the referrals and the connections. We are super lucky to be um, welcomed to many community programs and many community partners without the com throughout the valley. Um, our outreach specialists are fantastic at getting people not only connected, but also connected with, say, an individual needs um, a Spanish-speaking um, representative or the, to make the appointment for them to really just guide them through the process of getting them to health and wellness resources that they need. So this is a great breakdown of everything that we have, you know, connected people with and provided people with, um, including health insurance, food resources, early childhood programs, mental health, um, behavioral health, everything like that, Eagle County paramedics. Um, medical screenings, like I mentioned before. Um, the next slide is just a continuation of that, um, of the number of people and all of the individual uh, dental services and things like that. Um, like I said previously on the next slide, 80% of MIRA clients are uninsured. So that can mean that if they didn't receive support on the MIRA bus, that they would go without the basic healthcare and wellness resources that they are receiving. That is the next slide. 
Thank you. And to finish out, um, Elevar is our most recent program addition. Um, Elevar means to elevate in Spanish. So EBCF and its program Elevar are really working to collaborate with local community members of color that may want to accelerate or start their own nonprofit um, or social enterprise or something of the being. Um, and it really helps to focus them on early stage social and environmental ventures aiming to solve our community's problems and addressing the needs of low-income communities. So how are we doing this? Um, an advisory board to share knowledge and experience with startup projects, um, a cohort model to provide technical assistance and leadership and coaching. Um, and we are just starting to roll out a granting process, a subgranting process to kind of help start up and accelerate funding through these program-related investments. Um, so we've created a steering committee and we're in the process of rolling out our granting program to really just not only do, not only, you know, provide services to our neighbors in need like the Mirabus and the community market do, but to also engage them in the community and help lift them up professionally and socially and everything like that to connect them to the resources that may, that may help them in their um, community ventures. Um, and so on the next slide, how, oops, how individuals can get involved with our organization. Um, of course, as a nonprofit, we uh, per, like operate a lot of our programs based on donations, but we are super also proud of our volunteer program. Um, our volunteer program starts with just a two hour commitment it's mainly at the community market, whether someone wants to, someone can go online and sign up for any day, any shift that works for them. There's no minimum or requirement or anything like that. Um, can kind of see how our programs work and kind of how our staff and how our, you know, initiatives engage the members of our community. And it's a really just, it's a fun time to see how everyone engages together and everyone comes together to make our community more accessible. Um, and sharing our message, if you share sharing our message or any of our events on social media or anything like that, um, whether it's a food drive or anything like that, um, yeah, we're just, we're lucky for any of the awareness we can get in our community, so we appreciate you guys. Good presentation. Yeah. You know, I didn't know you did half the stuff that you're doing right Okay, well, I'm glad you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so is there any other questions uh, from the board? How old do you have to be to volunteer? I mean, I'm not talking for myself, you obviously. Kids for a couple hours? <laughs> um, the minim minimum for kids to come with their parent is five years old, and I can send more information about how many kids can come per adult or things like that, but um, alone, 18. Okay, perfect. Good. But I can do send we uh, post this on our website? That'd be a good idea. We'll get this on our town website as well. Thank you. And uh, get you going there. Okay. Um, so I think that's about it. Um, I would like to, uh, we'll, we'll put this, I get this out there in our community as far as this last page, which I think is important. So Perfect. you do, you do serious work and that's, that's a good thing. I can't believe you collected so much, so many food stuffs from, grocery stores and restaurants and so forth we'll we'll also talk with our restaurant owners too and oh. so so when you get it from restaurants it's like they have they had some food ordered for that's been on the shelf or in the freezer too uh, and they're not going to get rid of it. is that the kind of stuff that you get 
from them or do from they? restaurants right now like the mainly restaurants right now we are receiving from our avon bakery and starbucks mm-hmm. um and so avon bakery of, of course is a lot of baked goods that maybe are you know yeah. already in bags and things like that that they won't be able to sell through or things like you know things like that um Starbucks, a lot of the items that we receive are frozen, um, but we, I can follow up with that as well about kind of like food safety processing and like things that we okay. can receive and not. And, you know, if something is in, often we process items as well, say if a piece of cabbage or a piece of produce or something like that feels too big for someone to kind of just take on their own, we can like process it into smaller containers as well. So that's something oh, we can nice. do. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for this presentation. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank thank you. you. Jim, will get up? Microphone's making me nervous. I will say one thing, and it was, it was so noticeable there, and it's really a, a nationwide issue, is just the demand this year. I'm just getting involved. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at that graphic, and it's up the number of visits. And I spend most of my time volunteering at the Gypsum Food Market, which is the busier one. And, uh, you know, the demand and the number of people coming through the door is up at least 30% from last year. Mm-hmm. And last year was busy. And, uh, you know, the inflationary pressures and everything else. And just the one thing is somebody, you know, is, is, is new to the cause is if, if that food wasn't there. I mean, that, that's the last line of hope. Mm-hmm. These families who are coming in the door, um, and the produce, the meat, the protein—it's—it's it's really remarkable. You know, you'd be there when like the uh, the Costco truck comes by, the city market truck comes by, and uh, we've got some insanely generous corporate donors in that regard. And just the number of people who turn out—it's—it's it's pretty remarkable. It—it it absolutely is remarkable. And you see the people we're used to the Vale Valley being—you know—it's kind of this affluent as everybody sees the Vale Valley. Well, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's there are people who every day are just trying to get to the next day. Yeah, those so, numbers we were seeing yeah, in this report. Any, yeah. you know, and and they, they make the Vale, vale Valley go. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything the, the town of Mintern can do is uh, incredibly appreciate, okay. appreciated. So, for, uh, uh, for comparison, in like 2020 around COVID, the community market was serving around 19 Hundred people in the valley for a week and per week. Sorry, excuse me. And in the last couple of months, we've been serving around forty-five hundred people per week. My math was off, as usual. No. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for your time. We know yeah. you're busy. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks Thank for coming you out. So much. Thank you. Okay. Next on the agenda, we have business items. The first item being Ordinance Number 13, Series 2023, Second Reading, an ordinance amending the Chapter Six, amending Chapter 16, Article 16 of the Minturn Municipal Code, amend, amending section titles only of the Parking Code. As Mike, here, are you going to do this one? Um, I'll do this one. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. So this is second reading of the ordinance, uh, which is really a housekeeping matter for our code. We updated. Uh, the code last year in response to the downtown design guidelines. 
and that adjusted how the downtown area addressed parking. Uh, so with that, it started creating confusion for the other areas in town. And so to clarify that, we've updated the titles for the other areas in town, showing that it's separate uh, to eliminate any confusion from developers or anyone reading the code. So this doesn't change any portion of the code itself. It's just trying to clarify titles. No code itself is being changed with this ordinance. Okay. Any questions or concerns from the board? If not, I'll entertain a motion. Oh, wait, wait. How did this oh. This came in through through questions that um, developers and you know builders were having in relation to parking requirements and some of the confusion that they were having to, to no fault of their own, uh, and so we just felt it, it would be better to clean that up. We don't have like little code crawlers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Bless them if we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm opening the public hearing. Austin, you got anything? Nope. <laughs> How about it, Jay? Nope, nobody online. Okay, close the public hearing. Do we have a motion? Yeah, I can make a motion to approve ordinance number 13, series 2023, an ordinance of the town of Minter in Colorado amending chapter 16, article 16 of the Minter Municipal Code. I'll second that. Motion by Terry, second by Gusty. Roll call. Lynn, I. Kato. Gusty, I. Brian, I. Tom, I. Terry, I. And we're alive. Next, we have Resolution 29, Series 2023, a resolution exempting Minturn from live streaming municipal court, which I think is a downer. I think that'd be cool to watch. <laughs> but hey. Have you ever watched it? You <laughs> might change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Michelle? Uh, Mike is here to discuss this matter. Hello there, Mike. Hi, Mayor. So uh, the legislature enacted a statute this uh, past legislative session requiring uh, municipal port courts to live stream their proceedings. Uh, this works, I guess, if you have uh, the resources of a Denver or a Fort Collins. It is less pragmatic. Uh, if you are a Minturn. Uh, and to that end, uh, we did an analysis with Michelle about the resources of the municipal court. Currently, uh, the budget only provides a 0.15 FTE to deal with court matters, uh, which allows for a small part of uh, one of our employees' times to, to go to the court uh, uh, management. Um, as you are aware from this meeting here, in order to live stream things, we need a camera person, we need someone to manage the audio visual. Uh, when the court clerk is handling the court, she's juggling files, she's passing things to the judge, she's taking notes about what's going on uh, in terms of uh, plea agreements that may have been reached, uh, payments that need to be made. She does not have the ability to do both, nor for your other four-time administrative FTEs, does anybody have the time to go downstairs and run this technology. So uh, the statute provides that a municipality may opt out of live streaming if technology staffing or internet issues prevent 
the remote streaming or remote observation. We believe that's the case in Minturn, and this ordinance uh, implements that. I'm happy to take any questions. Any questions from the board? No. Maybe we could pay for it by creating a YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone would watch it. <laughs> we have a YouTube channel that doesn't bring in any money. <laughs> we do? We do. Well, we're just not being entertaining enough, I, huh? Right. Uh, oh well. Anyway, um, so there are no more questions. Uh, we'll entertain a motion. I'll make a motion to approve resolution number 29, series 2023, a resolution declaring the town of Minturn's decision to opt out of the Colorado remote public access to criminal court proceedings. I'll second it. Motion by Gusty, second by Tom. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, next is, you got to go away, I guess. No, Jen, oh, we're not doing the. Oh, wait, we're on this, still on this one, sorry. Uh, yes, oh, I wanted to skip over, Jay. Um, council motion to formally accept the fiscal year 2024 preliminary budget. Um, and this is a quick budget review. And, and this is something that we want to make a motion to accept at the end, just to keep us on schedule. This is not approving a budget, it's just accepting it so with that jay ah hey there he is, there he is. <laughs> man of the hour and i didn't fall down the stairs <laughs> all right came in that door like kramer on seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> he was like fred flintstone up in the office he needed feet to get down there okay okay so for we're ready to start. Okay. I missed some coming down the stairs. So for this part of the bu budget, this, all you guys have to do is accept it. And what this does, is it allows me to publish the uh, public hearing, which is the first meeting in November. Um, we're, we only do one public hearing and then it gives a schedule of what we're going to do and, and that'll all, but it gets set off by, by tonight. Um, I did put a, mo a memo in the, <clears throat> excuse me. I did put a memo in the packet. Um, that kind of details some of the items that I thought were important, mm -hmm. at least worthy of looking at. Um, and it gives the schedule that we're going to look at, you know, for the rest of the, the rest of the year. Um, there is one change that could happen, and that is if HH passes, in which case, well, everything's up in the air, but it will literally extend. We, we won't have to have everything to this county as quick as they we have before we, I think it's January 1st that we would have instead of December 5th 15th um, that said um, years ago we wrote an ordinance that passed an election um, and it was how to debruce the town and what we did is we said we would like to collect and spend 17.934 mills that's our mill levy and so as the economy goes up we get a little more extra money as it goes down we tighten our belts just like the citizens do because we did it that way and we didn't create a base year we actually are less impacted by HH passing or not passing um, I don't want to get into, you know, the merits of HH. That's that's for the the political ease. 
um, but it will affect the timeline that we do the budget in. Um, and it will affect us to the tune of about $30,000 where we would go down in property tax revenue from the original assessed value that we've gotten as of August 28. That's if HH passes then? If it passes. If it doesn't pass, the numbers that are in the budget are correct, are accurate, um, as well as I can tell. Um, I literally, I've talked with Mark Chapman, um, the county assessor. I've talked with several of the staff. I've talked with people at CML. I've talked with other treasurers around the state. And all of them have said, so how did you do your mill levy? That was amazing. Um, and the state has even said that, I mean, when I was talking to the guy, he said, everybody has been calling me and I've had terrible news for him. He goes, I really don't have very terrible news for you. Um, there were three different laws that were passed that are parts of HH and there and other ones. The first one was Senate Bill 108, um, 23-108. The 23 means the year it passed. So they passed all of this stuff in about the last 15 minutes of the session in May. I mean, it was, it was a cluster mess. Um, but 23-108 allows this temporary mill levy credit that you might have heard about. We've done that, in fact. Um, it's, been in the, uh, it's been allowed by the courts since Tabor passed, basically. It was tested that way. And we used it um, just before we passed our mill levy. Um, it was actually on the same ballot. Um, and, but what this does is the court said it's okay. This, this, this solidifies it in, in, the, in the CRS books. And then there were two other ones that were Senate Bill 23-2200, excuse me, Senate Bill 23-303 and House Bill 23-1311. Um, and those created Proposition HH. Um, it created the timeline that it goes on this November's election. If it passes, it will reduce the assessment from 6.765% of your assessed value, a whopping 0.67 even. So it'll affect a $500,000 house in Minturn by about $300. Um, and then it creates the specific backfills that you might have heard about that maybe the first year they'll exist. I don't think they will thereafter. Um, and then the, the, there's a senior homestead exemption in it, which kind of extends what we've already got. Um, it does lower the Tabor cap, which will allow the, the state to collect more and more of the Tabor refunds instead of giving them back to the citizens. But that's where I don't want to get political on. Um, and that's it. If anybody's got any questions tonight, again, this is real preliminary. This is just so that I can publish it in the newspaper the, the, and put it in the boxes, the public notices. Um, I will also say that at this point, the uh, um, at this point, the um, sorry, let's train at this. Um, but anyway, we should be good for where we're at at this point. I got it. At this point, we're going to also approve the GID um, in November on the first meeting in November. We've done that every other year. There's some discussion that they're going to dissolve it. I don't know where that's going to stand. I, it could be that they dissolve it before we have to approve anything. Um, but 
we've done nothing with the GID expect, except annually approve it. Um, they don't, the audit is included in ours. General Improvement District, it's for the Battle Mountain Project. When they originally did it, they set up, they had a choice of setting up a GID or a Metro District. Um, most people know what a Metro District is, that's why I compare it that way. Um, but again, if nothing changes, we would just approve the minutes, approve the two resolutions that approve their budget and and do a public hearing for them before that. And then be, on, be done with that, we can then start the town's public hearing and then move on to the November meeting, the, the second meeting in November. I don't know why that procedure irritates me so much. It just, I feel like I need to go as fast as I possibly can through this thing because it's just one year after another and it's nothing but so right. yeah talk, I'll have to talk to Tim see if he can go ahead and get it dissolved before then <laughs> I hate wasting five minutes out of my life. anyway um, thank you uh, Jay is there any uh, questions from his memo no I think answered everything really well no that was pretty well laid out uh, the only thing I saw was uh, there's a sentence talking about, uh, it appears promising that Minturn has or will be settling several lawsuits against the town. And as far as I know, we've only got one lawsuit against us. We're the ones that are, we're suing the other one, but that's irrelevant. That's true. Um, I just want to make sure there wasn't some that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all I got, too. So. Uh, Presentation. No. Back. no, yes. So if there's no more questions, then all we need is a motion to accept. I'll make a motion to accept the fiscal year 2024 preliminary budget. Second. Motion by Gusty, second by Kate. I don't know why that's all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? All right, we got a preliminary budget. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jack. Next, we have the uh, pulled item for the Yonkey project. What's it? Um, Two seconds. Sure. Okay. Well, do you guys mind if I don't come back for that? If you'll give me like two seconds, because there is one person online, it is Jeff, and I want to make sure that if he's going to present anything, I can at least turn him on. Okay. Cool. Um, do you guys mind if I come back for the goodbye? Okay. So, uh, Gusty, if you want to uh, ask. You know, I read through the, basically the information that was on there, and I'm just a little confused on what we're approving on there, what we're not approving, what's getting put off. Uh, you know, it showed that there was a couple of extra conditions added. I couldn't tell which ones were the conditions added. I guess just a little clarity on it, so I'm looking for. Uh, mainly around the, the water line portion on it. Just, uh, you know, I'm kind of wanting to make sure that we don't rush it through and then bites us in the rear down the road. And, of course, I ignored Jay and got you asking the question. Uh, I think, is Jeff, are you here now? Can you hear us? I'll look for Jay. Sorry about that, Gusty. Because I know when the managers reported, actually, Michelle said I can hear that you. we were working on stuff with the contractor and that we were uh, 
going to have like a, a shared uh, cost, but it was a little confusing on reading the whole consent packet, what we're actually doing. Okay. And I had a few questions from some other people on it too. And Okay. Do you have uh, Jeff? Jay? Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. Did you hear Gusty's uh, question? I didn't hear a specific question, but I'm happy to answer any specific question. Okay. Yeah, Gus, you go ahead. And I, I'm just saying. would like to know what we're approving with the consent agenda. What? It, it wasn't like cut and dry. I mean, are we approving everything that was in there, all the conditions, or is there some conditions we're not approving? My understanding, Gusty, is that the, the you are approving the conditions uh, I mean first of all you're you're approving a grading permit on, on the surface below the surface you're approving the conditions of that grading permit that were conditioned by the planning and zoning department some of which include the detailing of the water line which is still a moving target in terms of the engineering the way I understand it and um, so the final plans and details that are going to be worked out between Jeff Spinell and John Volk and Jared Lemke and myself and potentially my contractor and possibly my engineer um, you know that's still a, a work in progress in terms of the detailing of the waterline um, so there's there's parts of those conditions which read you know something to the effect of once those details are finalized and all the engineers are happy you know most more specifically or most importantly the town engineers are satisfied and our public works and all of that is satisfied then we could theoretically be working on that portion of the the construction as it relates to the water line. Now, that being said, in my opinion, there's plenty of work that could be done and needs to be done under that grading permit that does not have anything to do with the water line. Um, and in terms of where that geographically is, you know, that's the whole area above the water line, um, you know, so that basically where the existing water line meets the portion of the land where the new water line is proposed to be replaced from that point on up the hill to the top of where the building site needs to be you know worked on that doesn't have anything to do with the water line and there's you know there's other measures that need to be done erosion control measures um, silt fencing all that kind of stuff there's a lot of work you know besides just the water line that falls under the um grading permit no, I to get the site that, okay. yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the grading permit i just it had a lot of stuff in here with the water line and conditions and a lot of it still you know like you said still a work in progress and i did yeah. want us to approve the consent agenda and then that would get approved and we didn't even know what we we're approving i guess that was my fear understood it seems to me like when the details are ironed out with the engineers and the financial requirements are set, 
that the town should, the town council should look at it again just to make sure we're all in agreement. Like, are we putting that valve down in the CDOT right away that we mentioned? And I, I would have no idea whether we're doing that's in the plan or not. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree with Tom. I think that's what I was trying to get at was just that we don't approve this and then all of a sudden we never see it again. And then, you know, we're not aware of what's going on up there. And I, I feel, you know, with it being a major water line that we should be in the loop on it. Yeah, 100%. I, I completely agree with you. There will be a development agreement uh, that arises out of the public improvements for this for this project. So. I believe what Jeff is proposing to do would be private improvements uh, related to the lot. Uh, the public improvement elements really are limited only to the water line, and we have not yet uh, brought to the council a formal proposal to relocate those property lines and the easements. And at the time that that happens, there will be a draft development agreement for the council to consider as well. Okay, great. I think that makes me feel more at ease. So, so the gist of the conditions are, are from uh, Jeff, right? Um, the, the engineer, our town engineer, as far as uh, that is just a matter of satisfying those conditions and then we're ready to move forward with the grading. Is that what you're saying? Is that is that what this is? That's my about? understanding. Okay. And uh, so uh, to Tom's point, I think it would probably be good to have Jeff report in or whatever before final approval uh, how long Jeff how long will it take for you to satisfy the conditions I mean you've got most of them here I think yeah I think that I think that what I would like to just have a general understanding between us all is that I I think in the in the order of um, fairness to the property owner you know what I'm hoping for is to be able to potentially work on some of those private improvements separately from you know up and like up until a point where um, we're we're ready to present to the council what those public improvements and all of that legal everything that comes along with it you know from budgets to details to um, easements to property lines, et cetera. I mean, all of that stuff that has to do with the public improvements, as we all know, can take, can, can be a slow process. And I think that we're all, um, Michelle and I and, and the engineers and Scott and everybody, we've all been kind of on the same page with, let's take the time between now and next spring to get all of that ironed out. And that way come springtime when mother nature says you can, you know, it's, you can get going. Um, from a weather standpoint that we already are ready to hit the ground running and not be spinning our wheels come springtime. And that also being said, if Mother Nature gives us a window between now and when winter closes out, you know, potentially there could be some work that on the private improvements that I could potentially do if my contractor had the time and the weather to get some of that done in preparation just to be that much further ahead um, springtime. Okay. Uh, does that fit with the tail's processes? I, I guess 
for me, the, just the issue is what happens if down the road there's a problem with the relocating the water line and you've done all this work? Well, what kind of a problem do you anticipate? I have no idea. Well, settling, you know, settling's a big issue and the pipe comes apart and stuff like that, you know. I mean, it just seems. Well, I mean, my experience with, with putting water lines in, you know, and I, I have done literally miles of water lines when I used to live in Michigan. And you have to hire um, for any type of public improvement like that. My experience is that you have to have every foot, you know, every piece of pipe that goes in the ground has to be inspected by a third party. Um, inspecting company and they test compaction and they test all of the stuff that that goes into that as you're laying that pipe and you know that pipe is going to be super deep in the ground um basically sitting on undisturbed soil and so you know all of the best management practices that come along with installing these types of you know, runs of, of 12 inch water main and all of the mechanical fittings involved with all of that stuff. You know, this is all, um, I wouldn't say that it's, it's common, but it is, you know, it's just normal practice to lay this kind of pipe and this, this type of stuff where, um, if it gets installed correctly and it gets inspected and, and we are guaranteeing to the town that it is, and I'm, I'm assuming the public works are gonna probably wanna get their eyes on some of this as it's going in the ground. Um, so that's, I guess that's my answer to the what ifs. Um, you know, there has to be a, a certain amount of trust that goes into doing something like this, whether it's done by a private contractor or the town. I just want to make sure that this is coming back in front of us again so we actually see what the final plan is before we agree to it. And that's one of the conditions in yeah. the, the approval. So are we putting a valve in on Main Street? Not as of right now. At the cost of $500,000. So you just want to get the grading done if you can before winter hits. Uh, uh, and what is, could you tell me exactly what you're grading? Are you grading the, the roadway or what are you doing? What I would be, what I'm talking about, you know, in terms of a scope of work that could be possibly done before the winter sets in, it really has probably more to do with soil erosion measures along um, the creek as well as possibly doing some clearing and grubbing further up on the hill. You know, if they were able to get a machine up there and start clearing some of the land where the building site is and then doing some rough grading of the road, some rough cuts of the road down to where it meets the area where the water line is, you know, we wouldn't be doing wouldn't be proposing to do any type of digging anywhere near any of the water line as it exists today. So, and again, I think this is a slim to none chance that mother nature is even going to allow much time to get any of that done, but more, I, I'm more like interested in, in just having this understanding between us that I don't want, my intention wouldn't be to hold up, work that could be done that has nothing to do with the water line for something that has you know for something that is being worked out that does have to do with the water line and to lynn's point 
it's kind of like building in the right of way. If if the property owner you know wants to go and spend money clearing you know the land or something that would potentially be jeopardized if the water line was not going to be able to move be moved or if, if the town council decided that it was not in the town's best interest to move it then you know that's that's their that's their risk in my opinion when, when is the deposit due if you're starting work up there around the water line did i read that there's a hundred and ten thousand dollar uh it's due before permit okay before which permit before the permit this to do the actual work permit. right which would happen in the event that the council approves that work which is one of the conditions that comes back to you all that would happen before that the council approval Any other thoughts or concerns? Let's see. I, you know, I guess the motion, this is not a, uh, a resolution. You're looking for a motion to go Yes, ahead it was on consent agenda for approval. So we're looking what exactly for. Exactly, are we I think back to Custy's okay, question. Yeah, so it's mainly exactly are we approving. approving to allow him to go ahead he's to get the grading permit and start the grading if he can do so before winter and it's uh, not having anything to do with the water side of the project because those details have to be worked out over the winter so he wants to kind of get some work done now so that um, he can get to work on the, the water side of stuff as soon as he can in the spring so here once the details are ironed out it'll come back to council for approval yeah it will it will have to come back to council for for two things one is there's going to be uh we're going to vacate an easement and we're going to get a new easement so we'll have to have documents approved accomplishing that and number two there will be a development agreement dealing with the relocation of the water line and that will come back to council and it sounds like Jeff is willing to assume the risk that we won't approve it later on um, because of some issue. Yeah. So I think that might work. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I am too. Okay. Um, just uh, Mike, can I ask a question, Mr. Mayor? I'm sorry, Jeff. Can I ask ask a question just related to what what yeah. was there was a question asked about the deposit and there was a hundred plus thousand dollar deposit that was brought up and I guess my question is are we conditioning the grading permit on a deposit that is put up for the work done on a water line that still has to be worked out and why I guess would we condition working on having the right to work on private improvements with a deposit that has nothing to do with those and I would make a request that I'm more than willing to have the applicant put up that kind of a deposit when it comes to guaranteeing work done to public improvements but why would they have to put up that money now for the right to work on private improvements but what what Jeff has said is how I have envisioned this would happen the development agreement will contain 
a section on security and the amount of the security to move the water line. And to my understanding, the, the grading permit and the, the site plan doesn't have any other public improvement components other than the relocation of the water line. Okay. Um, anything else? So, if you, yeah, if you all just want to acknowledge this as part of the approval within the consent agenda, that way it had 30 days uh, from which it was at Planning Commission to be called up, and this is within the 30-day period. So, so long as everyone is accepting of this as part of the consent agenda acceptance, acceptance we can move forward. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. Good to work, Jeff. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Two words, are we done? No discussion items, huh? Okay, uh, any future agenda items from council want, that want us to get on the schedule? Is that really the agenda for the next meeting? Sorry? It's robust. That's a lot on next next meeting's agenda. Yes. I'm mean, just down the line. If there's something you want us to address in January or February, you could still get that on the agenda item. So okay. I'll, I'll be adding to the October 18th agenda the snow removal plan update, the snowplow contractor business licensing update, which will be by ordinance. And then I am also requesting my town manager's annual review for the October 18th council meeting specifically. Oh, fine. Okay. I'll get the. Uh, the review stuff out to you guys in the next few days. All right. Sounds like a plan. Take a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. I'll second it. That is Kate and Tom. Thank you very much. All in favor? Aye. Aye.